This is the Find Your Focus podcast with Goals Classroom. We chat with inspiring and creative entrepreneurs to encourage, empower, and equip you to take the next steps in your photography business. We want you to leave each episode with actionable steps so that you can gain confidence, book your calendar, and earn more income with your passion. So grab some coffee or your drink of choice and let's get to it. everyone. I'm Logan Faye and the host of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. Today, I'm talking to Natalie Frank, who is an entrepreneur, mobilization marketer, community builder, and neuroscience nerd. As one of the founders of the Rising Tide Society and the head of community at HoneyBook, she leads tens of thousands of creatives and small business owners while fostering a spirit of community over competition around the world. Something that I really love about this interview is that Natalie talks about how to get past jealousy and stay out of the comparison game. She also tells us about how the Rising Tide Society can help you. So let's dive into this interview with Natalie. Natalie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. So I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but first, I always love hearing how people got into photography. Can you tell us a little bit more about your journey into photography? Yes. My mom bought me a camera. It is probably the most cliche way to become a photographer, but I was a teenager battling through very, very deep depression. This is like the true story. And my mom just being an incredibly wise woman recognized that creativity would be a great outlet for expressing myself and hopefully in her mind, getting out of the house and, you know, getting into nature and just kind of healing and taking care of my mental wellness. And so Mm -hmm. in that really dark season, she bought me a camera and I started to learn how to take pictures. And truly like from the transition from hobby to professional, it was as simple as falling in love with that camera and learning everything I could about exposure and everything I could about image creation to asking friends to pose for me. And and that kind of evolved to people seeing that and saying, hey, could you take pictures of my family or could you do my senior pictures? And at the time, you know, I was 17. I was, I think I might've even been a little bit younger. I might've been like 16, 17. And so a lot of my friends were also seniors in high school. A lot of them were, were around my age, obviously. And so they became my test subjects. And <laughs> the other day I was trying to unearth some of those original images, but you know, unfortunately they just can't be found. It's not because they're horrible. It's just that I can't say, no, I'm, te- I'm teasing, but that's truly how I got started. And I, you know, spent a couple years throughout the end of high school into college, kind of making my way into wedding photography as a specialty and second shooting for other photographers and ultimately building up my own clientele. And by the time I graduated from Penn in 2012, my business, I was already basically shooting full-time while going to college and had, you know, 25 to 30 weddings a year and continued doing that. Yeah. After school. So it grew and grew and grew and kind of evolved into my full-time thing. Now, what did you go to college for? I studied visual studies with a concentration in visual neuroscience and the psychology of seeing, which is a mouthful, but really it's all about how we see the world and how we interpret our surroundings and the impact of our individual psychologies on how we see. And so it fits right in with photography because the beauty of being a professional photographer is that you take what to others seems ordinary and you capture it in a way that feels extraordinary, right? You put your unique psychology and how you view the world and how you view their love story or their family or that special moment in their life 
and you capture it in a way that only you can. And that really is what visual studies was all about. It's understanding the uniqueness of each of our human experiences and the implications of, of that lived experience on how we see the world around us. I love that you found a way to connect your major with photography because I feel like a lot of photographers, you know, they don't go to college thinking they're going to be a photographer and then they get into it and somehow photography finds them. I was an elementary school teacher and I felt so guilty leaving my teaching job to become a photographer because I was like, well, I wasted those four years when in reality it was the exact opposite. I now can do you know, sessions with kids and I know exactly how to get them out of their comfort zone to smile and laugh. So I love that you have found a way to connect your major with photography. Yeah. I think it's important for all of us as creatives to remember that no time is ever wasted leading into the path where we are now walking, right? Whether it's a degree in business or in psychology, whether it's being a full-time teacher or, you know, being a shampoo girl at a hair salon, which is my first job. I still to this day take lessons from that experience, lessons and the way somebody would walk through the doors and they kind of would walk in with the weight of the world on their shoulders and kind of come in carrying such heavy things and yet to witness a hairstylist transform someone's mood in a matter of an hour just by listening, by caring, by nurturing, um, you know, taking those types of customer service centric lessons and applying that to everything that I do, both as a photographer and now as a community builder, even in working in tech, you'll learn a lot from the jobs that you take on, whether or not yes. they're the ones you do today. You you can learn lessons in everything that you do. And I think it's awesome as a teacher that, yes. And there, by the way, there are so many talented photographers that were teachers that I actually think there is some kind of connection there. I mean, I think <laughs> of my friends, the Demoses, I think there's so many and there has yeah. to be some kind of overlap there. And obviously there is. So. Yes. Yeah. It it really, the more and more I thought about it when I decided to quit my teaching job, the more I was like, this has prepared me to do what I love, which is photography. But I, you know, I still get to work with kids and families, exactly what I was doing teaching. And now I'm working for Cole's classroom as well, where I get to teach photographers how to achieve their dream. So right. there's such a strong connection that I didn't realize when I first started, but now it kind of, you know, it just all makes sense now. It's amazing. So for people who don't know what the Rising Tide Society is, can you tell us about it? Yes. So as I kind of alluded to in my opening story, I was a full-time wedding photographer. I had built up this business. I had created a photography business that I really loved and was proud of, but I found it to be very lonely. I found building a business to be lonely, entrepreneurship to be isolating. I found this fierce competition in saturated markets to be sort of overbearing and actually difficult to navigate through. I found it to be kind of stripping of my creativity, you know, that hustle, that fear mentality, that scarcity mindset, really taking away from what I fell in love with about photography in the first place. And so back in 2015, myself and my co-founders, my husband, Davey and Krista Jones, we were all just having a conversation around the same experience, this loneliness that we had felt in building businesses. And Rising Tide Society was born out of that. It was born out of that conversation and that acknowledgement that there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way that we can come together. We can support one another. We can live in a mindset of community over competition and really support one another in our pursuits of success. And so Rising Tide evolved from that moment in 2015. Today, we are a community of over 70,000 small business owners. We have meetups in roughly 400 cities around the 
world, although not happening in real life right now because of COVID, <laughs> but virtually local for the time being. But the idea being that really challenge the traditional competitive mindset in business. And we champion this mindset of camaraderie, of community, of looking out for one another and acknowledging that although we do compete and we don't pretend otherwise, we, you know, I think sometimes people hear community over competition and they think, oh, so they don't think that they're competitors? Like, I, no, of course, we know that we compete, but we choose to put people first. We keep competition rightly ordered beneath looking out for one another, beneath supporting our community. And so that's kind of what Rising Tide is today. We have local and lived experience groups that meet up all around the world. We support small business owners through education and we are a part of the HoneyBook family. And so through that, we're able to offer additional resources as well. It's just been really an amazing, amazing way to connect with so many great business owners, many of whom are photographers. I love it. So if our listeners want to get involved in the Rising Tide Society, how can they do that? Yeah. So the first step I would say is deciding whether you want to connect in sort of the local in-person realm or the larger online realm or both. I recommend a hybrid model. I say go for both. And you're going to want to head to honeybook.com slash rising tide. You'll be able to find absolutely everything. So access to our Facebook group of 77,000 business owners. You can find your local group on our map and find a city near you where we have a chapter and you can get plugged in, get connected to your local leader and your local members. Everything is free. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I mean, all of the resources we provide and the meetups themselves are completely free. We are completely like grass, grassroots local in, in how we organize and our leaders are extraordinary volunteers. And so it does make the education and the community accessible, which is really the heart of our mission. I love that. So if someone is on the edge of their listening to this and they're saying, oh yeah, I might go join that group. What would you say are the benefits to joining either a local chapter or just, you know, the larger Facebook group that you talked about? Everything about running a small business means that the odds are stacked against you, mm-hmm. period. The stats don't lie. We all know them. Small Business Administration says 20% of businesses fail in their first year. By the end of year five, we're talking about 50%. So the reality here is that you already have the odds stacked against you. The last thing you want to do is isolate yourself from an opportunity to be deeply connected to emerging knowledge and information that is, as we know, changing every day, whether it's about you know marketing strategies, changing algorithms. I mean, just last month, Reels came out on Instagram. We're talking about it next month. So it gives you sort of this window into the latest of what's happening, super relevant business content that's being communicated by experts that are living it, right? Not just people that are teaching it. I'm talking about like, we're living it. We're in the trenches. We're learning the tools. We're we're navigating these conversations and not just the technical side, but sort of all realms of business. So it could be, for example, September is brand voice and copywriting, October. We're diving into social media. We talk about you know mission-driven and purpose-driven businesses with philanthropy month in November. So every month there's a different educational component that I think is really important, and that's definitely a benefit. And then look, the benefit that I think often gets underestimated in its impact is truly the relationships. Relationships are at the heart of every successful business. And when we talk about those odds, we talk about those statistics. Relationships are sort of the the voice that says, not today, statistics, like <laughs> you aren't taking me down. You know I'm going with that. But the truth is that relationships carry you forward when things get hard. And we've seen this, for example, in COVID with the pandemic sweeping across the world and really impacting small businesses 
we realized our local groups became information resource centers. As local rules were changing, local guidelines were shifting, as funding became available, financial relief, legal ramifications of cancellations for events and photo shoots and all of those things, those communities, those local groups became a lifeline for photographers and creatives all across the world because they were able to tap into people that were going through the same thing, that had different connections to state departments or new information, or maybe one had a spouse that was a lawyer or one had someone that was a financial expert that could speak in and provide resources. And some of them themselves are lawyers and financial experts. So it's just, it's a community that educates, but also empowers, that ensures that you're not alone on your journey. And when things get really hard, that's where you see the benefit of community. It's, it's when you ensure that nobody is left without a lifeboat. Like this isn't the Titanic sinking and you're the one in the lifeboat and you're able to reach out a hand and pull other people in. You don't have to spend the rest of your life wondering if Jack could have fit on the door with Rose in the middle <laughs> of the Arctic Ocean. Like, you know that there is space for you, a seat at the table and a lifeboat to carry you through the challenges of small business. So I won't ramble further than that, but I think it's sort of twofold. It's education and it's empowerment through community. Yes. And if our listeners do not get off of this episode and go straight to sign up for the community and their local chapter, then I'm not sure what else we could say. But that that is pretty amazing. That sounds like the most perfect community. <laughs> so when you started the community over competition movement, did you have backlash from friends or business owners about that? I wish you could see me. I'm nodding for those of you listening to this podcast. I nodded <laughs> so big as Logan was asking me the question. Yes, of course. And it's actually really funny. I was talking with one of our original Los Angeles leaders probably about three months ago. And she said, you know, Nat, nowadays people hear community over competition and they just assume that's how it's always been in our industry. They assume that that's sort of the norm, the standard. But when Rising Tide first sort of came onto the scene and when I first started sharing that mantra, you would be shocked by how many people dismissed it as naive, dismissed it as impossible, you know, said things like, there's no way that photographers are going to come together and support one another. There's no way that graphic designers are going to share inside knowledge and information with one another. There's no way that, you know, people who've been doing this for 10 years are going to let somebody that just started get a leg up. Like this is not going to happen. There, there isn't going to be this community that facilitates openness and transparency and kindness and supports one another. It's not going to happen. I also think there was a lot of pushback specifically on this idea of, and like we kind of talked about community over competition, perhaps alluding to an idea that competition doesn't exist or that we don't need to acknowledge it. And one of the things that's been interesting over the last five years of leading this community and that I've really kind of come to love is that some of the people who are the best community leaders are also the most competitive. However, the way they view competition is just different. They're not out to tear somebody else down in order to succeed. They don't see the wins of somebody else as evidence that they're falling behind or falling short. They're very confident in who they are. They're very confident in what they have to offer, in the craft that they do or the service they provide or the product they've created. There's a sense of self-confidence and also a deep sense of empathy 
and compassion for their fellow business owner. They want everybody to make it. They're rooting for everybody to succeed. They don't worry about somebody else stealing their joy or stealing their happiness. And I think, you know, when we talk about community over competition, we have to remember that that's part of it. We have to remember that we're not dismissing competition as an ideology and saying it doesn't exist or saying it isn't real because the truth is it is. All we're saying is let's compete in a healthy way. Let's leave the competition in the arena, which means when we're done competing in business, we can leave that sector and understand that we're in community with one another. We can support one another. I think a lot about athletes actually as an example of this. And, you know, an athlete on the field or on the court or in the pool or wherever they're competing they are, are, aren't going to let somebody else win for the sake of winning. They're going to show up and do their best. They're going to hustle. They're going to work hard. They're going to leave it all on the field, okay? But the minute that game is over, what happens? They line up. They shake hands as they walk off the court together or they walk off the field together. They're not competing. They're not angry towards one another. They don't hold on to animosity. They let that, that go for the sake of healthy rivalry. And oftentimes, Competing teams even lobby and advocate for shared causes that they care about. We've seen this, especially in women's athletics, where a lot of female athletes advocate for equal pay, even on competing teams. And so the same applies to this. And, and I think that was kind of missed by a lot of folks in just hearing the mantra originally. They missed the fact that we're not dismissing the idea of competition. We're instead saying there is common ground and opportunity for us to change the way that we think about one another, to push the psychological boundaries of what our community is, meaning you're not my competition. You're actually my community. You're one of my comrades. You're in the trenches with me. And together we can really do something extraordinary if we look out for one another, if we raise the tide, if we uphold good business ethics and charge what we're worth and don't undercut one another and, you know, like champion a high quality of product or high quality of service. That's what this is about. It's about raising the tide for everybody. And so yes to a lot of backlash or confusion or criticism, but also thank you for that. Thank you for the criticism. I will always welcome it. I will always invite it because what it really did was it forced us to better understand what we are fighting for and really refine sort of our messaging to the community around what this movement is really about. I love it. I quickly learned when I first started out that, you know, I was doing birth photography and I had to have a backup photographer. So I had to make friends in the community. I had to have a plan if I couldn't make it to a birth or if I was out of town and the mom came early for her due date and, and whatnot, I had to have those backup photographers. And so that quickly pushed me into this idea of community over competition. Like I want to be there for you. I'll be your backup. You be my backup, that kind of thing. So I know obviously not everyone needs a backup photographer, but that kind of pushed me into, you know, the community over competition idea. Awesome. So I always hear photographers say that they love the idea of community over competition, but they have no idea where to start. So what advice do you have for someone who wants to take more action? So truly, I think it starts one person at a time, one relationship at a time, just as with anything in life. You don't grow a successful photography business overnight with a ton of booming clients. You start one client at a time. You start one shoot at a time. And the same goes for stepping into this mindset and really adopting it and really embracing the opportunity that arises from it. And so that's what I would truthfully say is start 
one relationship at a time, attend a Tuesdays together meetup, attend a photography meetup, show up to a webinar, engage with other people, cheer somebody on, on social media, pick a photographer or a creative. It can be in, I always say in your industry or in the periphery. So somebody that you might work with sort of a a more loose capacity, pick somebody and become their champion, cheer them on, root for them, kind of start to shift your mindset around how you view one another. I think it depends on where the person listening to this falls because some people are super ready for the mindset. They're like, I love championing people. I am for it. I'm here for it. Yes. Okay. I'm going to run. I'm going to run and make those relationships. I'm going to look out for people. I'm going to cheer them on. I'm going to surprise and delight them with encouragement and affirmation. Some people though struggle with that comparison trap where you know, they actually maybe have people that they really put on a pedestal and compare themselves to whose success makes them feel unsuccessful. And, you know, if you're in that place, if you're not quite at the place yet where you're ready to kickstart with that relationship, then that's where that mindset work is actually really important. So in the nerdy realm, we call it cognitive reframing, but essentially what it is, is it's a little bit of like mindset karate where you replace the framework of thought that you had with something that is more healthy. And so In this standpoint, it could be if you're comparing yourself negatively to another photographer or there's somebody on the internet that just makes you feel inferior, that really makes you feel less than, this is where you actually turn the mindset that you have on its head and you say, okay, I'm going to become their biggest cheerleader. I'm going to become their biggest champion. I'm going to change the narrative in my head that when they win, I win. When that person succeeds, it proves to me that I can succeed too. It proves to me that there's something out there for me in this world or in this business that I can strive to achieve. And so that would actually be my first step if you're not quite in the other mindset. So if you're someone, and this, look, I speak from experience. I'm not speaking from a place of saying like, oh, it's bad if you're there. Friends, I'm there all the time. Like, don't, this is imposter syndrome 101. This is our natural desire to compare and compete as humans. We are built to belong, but we all know we are created to compete. And so we struggle with this. It's very natural. So please, please know if you're there. I understand. I've been there. But that would be my advice is start with your mindset. Start with changing the way you think about other people. Start with shifting those perceptions. And one last thing that I'll say here is it's so critical to do that work. And it's so critical to not just approach this in a shallow way. Like don't just assume that if you're nice to someone, you're really healing your heart from potentially the wounds that you've walked through in in not trusting others or in being wronged or struggling with the comparison. You've got to get right with yourself. You've got to address those sort of deeper heart issues because if you don't, then, then you're really just swimming in the shallow end where the riches are in the deep end and you're not able to truly benefit and benefit others through engaging in, in sort of this mindset. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that because in the world we're in, we're on Instagram and social media, Facebook, every, all of those different platforms so often. And we constantly are seeing other people's work and it is really hard not to compare yourself to others. But the second that you kind of put that aside and do exactly what you just explained, (laughs) it just puts you in such a better mood instead of constantly just saying, oh my gosh, I want to be like them or oh, they're so much better than I am or I have to make my next session better than that their last session. So putting those things aside, it just puts you in a better place altogether when you decide to, you know, cheer people on instead of compare yourself. And when you're looking at your competitors for comparative reasons, when you're looking to your left 
you're looking to your right, you're paying more attention to what they're doing than what you're doing. You take your eye off of what really matters and not serving your clients. And we have to, to love the people that we serve more than the craft that we do. We have to care deeply about these clients that are entrusting their most precious moments to us. And so it also affects our business when we're not operating from this mindset and we're struggling with the comparison and the isolation and the loneliness and those feelings of fear and scarcity and bitterness are kind of more present in our heart. We've taken our eye off the ball. We're not focused on the right things. We're focused on something that's not actually going to lead us to success in business. So it's not just a fluffy concept to make us feel better. I'm talking about your revenue. I'm talking about whether your clients refer you or not. I'm talking about the way they leave feeling in the experience because we only have so much attention in, in a day. You know, we've only got so many hours. It's like, I know we have the same number of hours as Beyonce, but we really do only have 24 when it comes <laughs> down to it. So, you know, making sure that we're using those hours wisely means not allowing space for things that take us away from the calling, from our clients, from serving and showing up well. And I think comparison in a negative light is one of the worst ways to drain us of our creativity and our ability to serve well. I love it. I can relate to all of that so much. And I know our listeners will be able to as well. So thank you. If our listeners want to find you on social media, where can they find you? Yes. So the best place would be um, if you're, and we've mentioned HoneyBook briefly, but I would say if you are curious about what this amazing magical platform called HoneyBook is, start there at HoneyBook on social media, in all places online, HoneyBook.com. Rising Tide, same thing. If anything we talked about in community aligns or you want to get plugged into your local group, again, I would say head to HoneyBook.com slash Rising Tide or at Rising Tide Society on social platforms. And then if you have questions about any of the above or you want to connect on anything at all, I spend most of my time embarrassingly so on Instagram. So you can head over there and connect with me directly at Natalie Frank on Instagram. And also let me know what you're thinking about reels because as photographers and content creators, this is the new frontier. So if you do connect with me on Instagram, I warn you, I'm making reels and I'm commenting and engaging on reels. So maybe a great DM conversation kickoff would be to send me a reel you're working on or a reel that you love. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me, Logan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Find Your Focus podcast with Cole's Classroom. I hope that you got some great takeaways from this episode that you can apply to your business. Make sure to visit colesclassroom.com backslash podcast for the show notes and any links that we talked about during this episode. If you like this episode, head over to iTunes and tap that five-star button and leave us a review.